Hello, I'm Kylie Fisher. Welcome to Let God Speak. Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? From age to age, God has revealed new things about himself, new truths that are especially relevant to the people of that time. What fresh insights did God give that enabled the Apostle Paul to fulfill his God-given calling? And what do these mean for us today? Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3 as we answer these vital questions from God's Word. panel today, we have Pearl Fram and Steve Groom. Welcome, Pearl and Steve. Hello. Thank you. Before we begin, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Dear God, we're so grateful for the wonderful truths that you've revealed to us in your word. Please send us your Holy Spirit today to guide our thoughts as we look at Ephesians 3 and explore its relevance today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. This week, we continue our series on the book of Ephesians. So in Ephesians chapter 1, we saw uh, how Paul outlined for us one of God's deepest purposes to unite all things through Christ. In chapter 2, we looked at the life, death and resurrection of Christ and how that fitted into God's plan. Today we are focusing on chapter 3 and we're continuing to explore these themes. Now, this chapter falls neatly into two parts. So Pearl, can you give us an overview of the first part? Yes, well, if you see in um, Ephesians 3 verses 1 and 2, it says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you, Lord. So see, here you see that it says that the dispensation of the grace of God was given to Paul in order to be given to the Gentiles. So we see he's been given something, a revelation. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And in some other versions that I looked at, it actually said that he'd been entrusted with this right. wonderful knowledge and that he was, as he pointed out, he was to share that with others. So that part, Paul is talking mainly about his own ministry um, from verses 1 up to verse 13, then verses 14 to 21. Steve, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, well, he starts that um, second section off in verse 14. He says, for this cause, which is the same phrase that was used in verse 1 that mm. Paul read. And this takes us back to the beginning, and he's continuing on the theme, and he brings out three points that I make out mm -hmm. in this chapter. One, that the Gentiles would be fellow heirs um, to make of Jew and Gentile a wholly new thing, and that thing would be the church. And two, that the church would be strengthened by might by the Holy Spirit in the inner man. And what that means is that 
this church or the group of people would be given a gift, a precious gift, which is the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead, to abide with them and guide them and lead them into uh, more truth. And the last part of this chapter, um, it says that with the Holy Spirit, he will um, show you, uh, help you fully comprehend the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And, and with that, um, God's people would be able to witness witness more effectively to those around them of God's love. Mm -hmm. So really in the first part of the chapter, we've really got Paul's ministry. And then in the second part, which as you mentioned, we've really got the ministry of the church. And so Paul's own, um, these special blessings that he has received, um, to me, I felt that he was inspired by those blessings to plead with God um, for blessings for the church. So um, yeah, and that, that second part is really actually kind of a prayer because he says, you know, in verse 13, he, uh, verse 14, sorry, he says, I bow my knees. So that's really a prayer. So, and it is a wonderful and magnificent prayer. And we will look at that a little bit later. Um, but let's focus for now on the first part and let's just have a bit of a look at this. So um, when I was going through this first part, verses um, 1 to 13, the word that really stood out to me was mystery. You know, and mystery is something that's really intriguing. You know, it's, it's something that we don't know. And Steve, when we were discussing this before, you mentioned um, another verse that talks about a mystery. So, yeah. yes. And it's by the same author. So Paul talks about in 1 Timothy 3.16, and uh, I'd like to read that. It says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifested in the flesh, that is with Jesus Christ, justified in the spirit, seen of angels and preached unto the Gentiles and um, believed on in the world. So this is the hope of the, of, of the church. And this is the great mystery that God wants everyone to know. The second part, the mystery that we're talking about here in the chapter is the mystery um, that God would um, give the gospel to the Gentiles mm. that the Jews never accepted. Now, this was not really a mystery because Jesus did that in his ministry, didn't he? Jesus was always going around um, preaching to the, the Gentiles, probably more than the, the, his own people. Um, so that's the mystery. And the third point is that Paul was always amazed that he, who was a former persecutor of the church, would be made a minister of the gospel. Mm. Yeah, so it's really, God's purposes are really, that's really, you know, there's so many things about God that are beyond our understanding. There's so many different um, mysterious aspects to God in the sense of things that are unknown to us as humans and and his purposes. And they're just so much beyond us. So let's just look briefly. Um, so Ephesians 3 and verse 3 um, is one of the places that talks about a mystery. Now it says here, how that by revelation he made known unto the, me the mystery, as I wrote before in few words. And Pearl, I think you've got a couple of um, text here. Oh, no, sorry, Steve, I think this was. Uh, Steve, um, we had, um, you, you had a point about this. Okay, so the Greek word for um, revelation, which 
the revelation of God is apocalyptus. And there's a whole book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible. The word is apocalyptus. And what that means, it's an uncovering or it's a revelation um, from God to people supernaturally. Man cannot know this naturally by himself. Mm. So he has to be inspired through this supernatural revelation of God through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. So it's something that is beyond our capacity as humans to find out Most by ourselves. Yeah, definitely. So, and Steve, you sort of alluded to this before, but Pearl, were you able to read for us Ephesians 3 verse 6? Because yes. this verse really nails this mystery that we're looking at and that we're really focusing on today. Yeah, so. So Ephesians 3 verse 6 says, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So there we have it. The, I guess the mystery is that the Gentiles were going to be fellow heirs with the Jews. Right. Fantastic. In the gospel. And they were mm. also to equally share in the blessings yeah. of the gospel. And now let's just have a look. Let's just go back one verse actually to Ephesians 3 and verse 5. Now it says here, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit. So from this verse, it almost seems like Paul is saying that this, you know, from that verse, it almost sounds like there's a conflict between what happened in the past and what is happening now. But yeah, is that actually really the case? And so let's have a look um, back in, Old in the Old Testament and see whether this actually does conflict with the teachings of the Old Testament. So, Pearl, you had a, a verse about the origin of the gospel, this, this mystery of the gospel. And um, was the gospel sort of in its origin intended only for the Jews? Yes, well, Genesis, right back in the beginning, Genesis 3 verse 15 says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So there we have a promise that the gospel, the good news, will save us from sin, mm -hmm. and put enmity between sin and, and us. And... This is given to Adam and Eve way back before there was any Jew. Yeah, because the Jewish people are descendants of Abraham. And this was thousands of years before there was any Jews. So, mm. so we have the gospel right back there at the beginning. And mm. Noah and Enoch, they were people that walked with God. They, they were not Jews. Um, so, so the gospel promise was to them as well. So, Steve, can you tell us, you know, how do the Jews fit into this picture about the gospel? Yes. And uh, for that, I would like to go to Genesis chapter 12, not far over from mm. the beginning. Genesis chapter 12. And verses three, it says that speaking of um, the Lord was speaking to Abraham at that time. Mm -hmm. He was previously called Abraham, which he just changed. Yeah. His name yeah. was changed. Mm. And he was told to get out of his land and out of his country. Mm -hmm. Verse one, he says, verse two, I will make of you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Verse three. And I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Mm. So God was entrusting 
Abraham and his family with um, special blessing. Um, however, and, and from that line, the, the Messiah would come. However, God's plan was always to bless everyone, but that blessing was not to raise them up. The danger is that having knowledge is going to puff you up. That knowledge is given to proclaim that gospel to the world. God wants everyone to be saved. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what Paul says in another place, you know, that knowledge can puff you up. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I love this um, verse three, how it says, in these shall all families of the earth be blessed. So God's plan was always that the Gentiles would be blessed through Christ coming. In verse mm. uh, Genesis 22 and verse 18, it says, in thy seed shall all. So it was, they were all to share in the blessings of the Messiah. And Pearl, were there any, um, were there any Gentiles that actually did share in these blessings that we know about in the Old Testament? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We see it uh, illustrated in actually the genealogy of of Jesus. In Matthew 1 verses 5 and 6, mm -hmm. it says, And someone begat Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz begat Obad of Ruth, and Obad begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. So here we see that both Ruth and Uriah, they were actually not Jews by birth. Mm, yeah. 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 And Rahab also is mentioned, yes. you know, and she had lived a really sinful life, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and yet these were Gentiles that actually became a part of um, the Jewish nation. Yeah. So um, so God's blessings really have never been exclusively for one class or race above another. And Jesus himself actually referred to um, Gentiles, like he referred to Naaman, the Syrian, and he also referred to the Queen of the South, which is probably the Queen of Sheba. And, and he commended those fa the, the faith of those people as being above those of some that were living in his day. Now, Steve, can you tell us a little bit more about what Paul says? Um, because Paul actually talks about this in other places. It's really clear, actually, from what he says that um, that he's not thinking that this mystery belongs only to his time. Yeah, the, during Jesus' time, the Jews used to carry the, a scroll with their family tree. So the danger is that um, they thought the blessings were for the literal line, lineage of Abraham. However, um, Paul wanted to correct that. Well, Jesus previously um, tried to correct that thinking himself when he said, Jesus said, um, do not think to say that we have Abraham for our father because I can make uh, um, out of these stones, speaking of the Gentiles, his mm. people. Mm -hmm. But in Galatians 3, chapter 2, verses 29, um, Paul says that, um, sorry, well, let's go back to, Verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female for you're all one in Christ Jesus. So we're equal level when we mm. become a Christian. Verse 29, and if you, been, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed 
and heirs according to the promise. So when you accept Christ, you have been put into that family tree spiritually. Mm. So the Jew and Gentile means nothing now. We're all one in Christ and you've been put into that family tree of the saved. Yeah, yeah, that's just really fantastic, isn't it? And going back to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 11, Paul here says, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, so you know, this is... Um, this is God's eternal purpose. That's that's always what his plan has been. So um, let's um, just talk briefly about um, and you've mentioned as well, Steve, about how um, that Jesus in his ministry ministered to the Gentiles. Let's just have a few examples of that. And so, Pearl, um, you have a verse for us there, um, Matthew 8 and verse 10. Yeah. Can you read that verse for us and just tell us a little bit about what's happening in that verse there? Yeah. And Jesus' ministry really here to a Gentile. Yeah, yeah. So, so we see here that um, a centurion had come to Jesus asking uh, him to heal his servant. And the centurion says uh, in verse nine, it says, For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled. And said to him that followed, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So here he recognizes that the centurion actually has so great faith as not in Israel. And, you know, this is not the only instance of people, um, you know, that were not Jews receiving Jesus' blessing. You know, we have, we have the Canaanite woman you know, whose daughter was possessed of a devil and Jesus healed her daughter for her. And we also have the instance of the Samaritan woman at the well. Mm. And she was also blessed by Jesus' ministry. So Yeah. So um, really when we think about... Um, about the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of symbols. There was a lot of um, you know there was sacrificial animals that were killed and things like this. And sometimes we speak about those things as being a shadow. You know, if you if you see a shadow on the sidewalk, it's sort of only an outline and it's dark. Um, but when but and by comparison with the real thing, you know, it's only like an outline. You, you don't really see the full substance of it. But when, so when Christ came, um, his life showed in a new light um, these old truths that were sort of dimly kind of understood, you know, um, and Steve, you're, you're really great for bringing um, Paul's other writings in. You know, Paul says in First Corinthians 13, that famous love chapter at the end of that, he says, now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. And so when Jesus came and actually lived the law, he embodied the law. And so his, his um, example showed that God's plan was to include the Gentiles. And so that was a kind of a sense in which, um, even though this had been sort of always there was a truth that was always there. It was kind of shadowy. It wasn't really mm. well understood. And um, but Jesus, so Jesus' life shed new light on these truths. But what about Christ's sacrificial death? Steve, you had a, a point about that. 
the, the original um, sanctuary service was a, an elaborate teaching uh, devised to reveal the plan of salvation more clearly. So every implement, every article of furniture was designed to teach about the plan of salvation. The danger was that the coming of Christ, um, it had become, uh, they, they taught that, that the performing of the ceremonies um, was the way to salvation instead of being a teaching device. And so, but Jesus' death on the cross brought an end to these sacrifices. They wanted to continue doing them and, and not learning the lesson. And, and we get that in Daniel chapter 9, verses 27. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, it says, In the midst of the 70th week, that he shall cause the end of sacrifices and oblations. The oblations were the drink offerings. And so Jesus' death brought an end to those um, ceremonies of the Jewish temple services. However, we can still learn from those. Yeah. Yes, they're a really powerful learning tool. But the death of Jesus showed um, as never before that those ceremonies did not actually bring salvation. So, I mean, they never had brought salvation, but Jesus' death put an end to those things. And But like you say, they're, they're a really useful learning tool for us living today. Um, so, so Jesus' life and his death shed new light on these old truths. So Steve, what significant event happened after Christ returned to heaven that gave further newness to the union of Jews and Gentiles? Was the close of probation. So the, when um, in AD 34, so even when they crucified Jesus, that wasn't the close of their salvation. So after three more, three and a half more years, um, the Jewish leaders rejected the Christian church and they stoned a man called Stephen, mm. who in Acts 6, 5, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts, um, I'd just like to turn there, Acts mm. chapter 7 and verse um, 51, yeah. it says, and under inspiration, Steve called them, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did also. So they were not willing to learn from what God had given them, given them in the sanctuary service. And therefore their probation closed at the death of um, Stephen because his death was an agreement by the Jewish leaders. And then the gospel was, to go, was given to the Christian church, which started up then. And now it's our job to preach the gospel. Yeah, okay. And we also have some verse about that, like 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, um, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, uh, purchased people. I like that version of it, um, that you should show forth the praise of him that hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So so yeah, that's, that's a really wonderful verse that is really clear talking about how the, the Gentiles and the Jews have become one in the Christian church. So, um, and so what we might um, just think about 
now is that, um, you know, the Apostle Paul, um, Steve, you, you mentioned really, you were quoting from Daniel chapter nine, which is really the, you were talking about the 70 week prophecy really, and how that the um, Jewish nation as a nation, um, so individuals could still be saved, but as a nation, they rejected Christ and then the, the Christian church became the instrumentality to take the gospel to the whole world. So Paul was living really at the end of the 70 weeks of Bible prophecy. So Pearl, um, just going over to you and, and putting the question to you, is that related, that, that was a time prophecy that finished in Paul's day. Is that related in any way to a time prophecy prophecy that extends to our day. Yes, yes, it is. Um, and if you look, we don't have time, obviously, to really dig into an no. in-depth study of Daniel and Revelation. No. But in Daniel verse 8, verses 14, it says, And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And this 2,300 days, the 70-week prophecy is actually a part of the 2,300 days. Mm -hmm. Same starting date, isn't it? Yes. Same, yeah. Yeah. And it says, and then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And we find that the cleansing of the sanctuary actually happened, happened in 1844. So we see that that prophecy, it is linked to our day. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Paul was like in the first part of that prophecy. Mm. We're sort of at the other end of that prophecy. Mm. And per Paul actually talks about himself as being a prisoner, um, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He was actually in prison because he was preaching this amazing truth and preaching that the Gentiles were to be fellow heirs with the Jewish people and that they did not need to keep these ceremonies. That was really the whole reason why he was in prison. Um, and so in Paul's day, that was present truth. And that was a really startling truth. That was a truth that was particularly relevant for his day. So mm -hmm. Pearl, just staying with you, that really brings us to, as you mentioned, you mentioned about the cleansing of the sanctuary and that Jesus went into the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary on October 22nd, 1844, when that prophecy, that 2300 day prophecy was fulfilled. And um, so he entered the most holy place and what significant piece of furniture was in the most holy place? We might be able to finish on this text. <laughs> yes. The temple of God was open in heaven and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, etc., etc. So, yeah, we see the ark of the covenant, which is the sanctuary is part of the sanctuary furniture. Mm -hmm. And in that ark of the covenant, we have the Ten Commandments, mm. which then, you know, highlights the the seventh you know, the commandment to keep the seventh day as well. Yeah, yes. the seventh day Sabbath is right there. And so Paul, you know, was persecuted in his day for preaching those truths. And today, these are the really significant truths for us. Mm. So thank you so much, Pearl and Steve. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks so much. The Apostle Paul was given wonderful revelations that empowered him to fulfill his mission as apostle to the Gentiles. So today, wonderful light is shining on us from God's word. 
today as never before. The truths of the second coming, the heavenly sanctuary and the Sabbath appear in new beauty. Let us treasure every one of these beams of divine wisdom that we may be fully transformed into the image of God. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak. All past programs plus teachers' notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.